Welcome to the Whole Being series. Join me, your host, Warren Williams. I would like to thank you for being here and being present. Welcome to my portal, where we dive deep into everything from gut health to spirituality to functional movement and childhood trauma. Nothing is left off the table. Join me as I interview guests that include my students, my peers, and some of the great thought leaders in the world. No muzzles, nothing watered down, just authentic expression with no censoring. Alright guys, so welcome once again to the Whole Beat series. So I've got a cool guest, um, someone that has shared some time with me on both teaching the HLC. Did you do HLC 1 and 2 with me or just HLC 2? I think I did HLC 2 with you and then the coaching program. Okay, right. And then also, as, you, as Nico just said, the coaching program. So I want, you know, I always want to try and get really cool guests on the show. And I think Nico's story is something that is worth sharing. Um, young guy in the space creating great waves, tidal waves in, in the space. So I thought I want to get him on to share his perspective. So... So, um, Nico, just kind of tell anybody your name, your company name, and, um, you know, what your kind of handles are at this point in, in time, like what's, um, what's important for you at this point. So just, you know, what's your name first, kind of your background, like your, your training background, and then we'll get into your actual journey. Yeah, sure. Um, so my company name is Prana Alchemy, and you've been with me from the beginning, really, once I started this check journey. And um, it really it all, all began, of course, with holistic health. But the last two years, I dove, uh, I've been diving more and more into what you could call holistic life, really. It's, it's all aspects of life are important. And especially nowadays, I think, uh, with the whole COVID and all that's going on, we see that there's really not, not a single aspect of life that we can, can just ignore or not look at. Yeah. And it's not just about health anymore. It's actually about how we're living. Uh, which is really important. And of course, for me personally, those deeper spiritual questions come up there. And that's where my coaching is really uh, moving towards in these last two years. So that's really the, uh, the big journey I'm on at the moment is diving into these deeper questions of what life is actually about and bringing that, exploring that together with people, clients. And, yeah. yeah. So we'll get more into that in a few minutes. Um, Cause I like that because like you said, it's, um, the questions, you know, just to give an example, um, before we get into, you know, the deep questions um, to help people with understanding this uh, a level that allows them to heal and learn. Um, just thinking about, like, like you said, so many people nowadays wear these masks, right? And we're not even talking about the masks that everybody's aware of, but the masks prior to that, the psychological masks, where they are afraid to be themselves, they... They try to fit in as, as opposed to stand out. And, you know, we know this, you know, we're not here to fit in, we're here to stand out. So, so many people are being unauthentic in their own expression. They're, they're unable to ask these questions, the simple question of why. And so we'll get more into that because I think that's a really important point. So let's just go back a little bit and give people a bit of context, understanding the person that is, you know, talking here. Take us back to when the hero's journey kind of started for you um, and how you were actually able to navigate this hero's journey to get to the point of healing so that you could actually teach others the lessons. 
Yeah, so I think um, as most healers or, or coaches in this realm, my, my hero's journey really began with my own pain, uh, my, own, my own suffering, my own wound. And um, that really started early in school, maybe in my early teens, where I just felt I, I didn't fit in. I always, I always say I had this feeling of being an alien, of just I'm not from this place. I, I somehow don't belong here. I don't fit in this kind of feeling. So that quite early on led me to fight sports because in fight sports, you don't have to fit in. You're actually, it's, it's a good place to not fit in. You, know, you fight for yourself in a way. It's not a team sport. And most people in fight sports are very uncommon people, you know, very uh, huge mixture of, of different cultures and all these things. Um, very, very fast, I decided, hey, I want to become professional. Like, this is what I want to do. Um, so after, after school, I went to the Caribbean. I was training more or less full time, stayed there for three months. And then long story short, in the Caribbean, I had this uh, experience with coming quite close to death. So um, my appendix actually exploded in the Caribbean. Uh, so they let it, let it rip. And it ended up me having three surgeries, um, having medical flight back to Germany, six weeks of hospital, six weeks of lying, six weeks of not standing up, losing, I think, 35 pounds of body weight I've lost. And I've got chubby at the same time. So you can <laughs> imagine how I looked. Uh, it was crazy being on antibiotics for six weeks. So this completely wrecked everything uh, from, from my physical systems. So after that, I was more sure than ever I don't want to go normal route. Like I, I, for the first time, really understood, hey, life is short. Life can end any day. doesn't matter if you're 20 or if you think you're invincible. You can die any day. Nothing matters. So I decided, no, I want to have an awesome life. I want to stand out. I don't want to be in this pain anymore of, of just being someone and going through this normal life. But trying to get back into fighting after all that was really, was really rough because my gut health was so bad. And I didn't yet have the context back then to understand what was happening. But I was getting more and more injuries which after I think one and a half years uh, or two years led me to having uh, knee injuries that were just so strong that I couldn't walk anymore. I still tried to fight with barely being able to walk and all these things, trying to be the tough fighter, but, but nothing worked and ended up at me having two knee surgeries. Everybody told me I need a new knee joint. It was with specialists all over Germany. Everybody told me I need knee replacement surgery. So that just crushed me because you can't be an MMA fighter with knee replacement surgery with 20, you know, that's just, uh, 22, what it was. That's just shit that, that just wrecked my whole career in a way. Mm -hmm. So I decided, okay, what do I do? And I couldn't work anymore because I was working as a bouncer. I couldn't stand all night anymore. So I was without a job, Miriam, you know, my, my beautiful wife taking all the, all the work. I was just cooking at home all day mm. and I was so depressed. I just, I lost all my friends because I wasn't in the gym anymore. Mm. And I was just alone in this darkness. Mm. And I think in that darkness, I, I found this, it was just so painful that time that I just found this spark of, no, th this, this is not what life can be. And I think there's a, a deeper spiritual uh, aspect that kind of just popped up in me, whatever this this deep understanding or trust that no life is good, like life is meaningful. Life is not just a shit show where we where we are uh, where we need to suffering. You know this basic Buddhist truth: life is suffering. I didn't want to take it yet. I didn't understand the real meaning, but and I was like, no, life is not suffering. Life can be great. So 
I looked through my bookshelf and I find trying to find some solution and I found How to Eat, Move and Be Healthy by Paul mm-hmm. Jack, uh, which I bought with probably when I was 16, following Elliot Holtz, you know, and I was gluten free from 16 on already, but not really diving into it. And I, I just felt there must be something in there. Like, and I just looked for the book, I lifted fully from the first day on. Um, and then I, I figured, oh shit, I have, you know, dandruff and I have all these problems, you know, that relate to fungal and parasite infections. I need to buy a Polchex course healing, uh, healing fungal and parasite infections. Mm. So I bought it, got into it, lived it fully, boom, just addicted. And then from there on, I actually took a bank loan, 20,000 to pay for everything I can oh. in the Czech Institute. And I didn't have shit back then. I mean, mm, great, great spirit made me get that. I don't, I still don't understand why the man gave me that loan because mm. I didn't have any, any security. Nothing. <laughs> I don't get it. But I, yeah. I remember getting it and I was crying my eyes out because I was like, dang, I can do the courses. I can get everything. I mm. can start this journey. That's mm. when it all started, man. And within, Within one year, my knee that everybody told me cannot heal, cannot get better. Mm. Within one year, it was back to 90%. And within mm. one and a half years, I could do pistol squats. I could jump on a Swiss ball. I could sprint. I could do mm. everything again. And this mm. is six years ago. And they told me, no, it can't get better. It can only get worse. It's better than ever. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, mm. this experience really, I could have gone back into fighting, but but it just... It was just so intense for me, this experience of healing, mm. of going through all this. I just wanted to share this with other people. Mm. Uh, I wanted to, be, to become a coach, and that's where it really all, all began. Mm. Yeah. I love that because, you know, it's, it's again, like, as we know, we're, again, I'm preaching to the choir when I say all of what I'm saying now, but as we know, um, you know the, the medical profession is often educated by their lawyers yeah. to leave no doubt. So when they tell you things, it's because they want to avoid malpractice. And, you know, the problem, one of the problems with doctors is they are um, to get through medical school, which is, you know, seven years and to witness so much death, so much suffering, you have to almost become desensitized. And because the mass amount of people they work with, you have to become so desensitized to get through the process. So oftentimes the medical training desensitizes them to the point where they just see you as a number. And so they don't really spend that time with you and they always, again, have to give you a pronouncement of doom because they would have to avoid malpractices as much as they can because the numbers of the people that they deal with are so high that at some point it's going to create failure. So the safety net is you will always err on the side of negativity which is you know to your point which is why they said to you yeah you'll never walk again or never be functional but it's just so much for me witnessing how much inconsistency in the medical profession to the point where people are proven wrong such as one of our kind of um favorite people bruce lee that was told the same sort of thing he'd have he'd be you know you know partially paralyzed or not being able to compete for the rest of his life and he was able to do the same thing as you and so we're, we're witnessing this so much where um, your intentions, your belief, and adopting lifestyle principles that are thousands of years old supersedes the information we're getting from these so-called experts in the medical profession who most people in the Western world kind of see as God. And as um, Einstein said, you know, the medical system is the most updated form of ignorance because they only know so much. So you've proven without a shadow of a doubt through experience that they're incorrect in their pronouncements and so that's a really great thing i love the fact that you had gone through that pain because as you said um 
most of the great teachers today have had to go through pain to become those great teachers and experience supersedes knowledge you know, because it becomes embodied. And that's what you're an expression of. So with regards to um, the next steps for you, once you've kind of gone through that pain, you kind of realized your calling was to then teach others to do the same, which is for me the most important thing we'll get to later on when we talk about the leaders of today. Um, what was the next step for you? What did you want to kind of accomplish? What insights did that kind of share with you for your next steps in life? Yeah. Yeah. So I think um, one of the, the quite early on, once I, once I wasn't fighting, um, one of the drives that I had very early on was to get the best teachers possible. I just want to learn from the best. I, I always had this aversion to learn from half-baked people in a way, if you, if you know what I uh, mean. And so that was, was very lucky. I was very lucky that I had this strong drive because what happened is, of course, this first led me to Paul Check. You know, and yeah. I realized, wow, what a powerful teacher regarding holistic health, holistic living, all these things. And then, of course, then I started the courses at HLC2. And then, of course, that speaks for you, man. I just, I, I wasn't a course with you. And then I was like, damn, I need a coaching program with Warren. I need to learn how it feels to be coached. If I want to teach people, mm, if yeah. I want to be, uh, I don't even want to say leader because I never had this strong idea for oh, I want to be a leader. And I, I don't necessarily think it's healthy to have that too strong. Mm. You know, it's more, I want to help people. That's what I want to do. I want to be of service. I want to, I want to help people do the same thing I did with my knee, you know, or with my health. Mm. And um, yeah, just going for the coaching program with you, I just realized, wow, um, this is what's needed. Because this is, you know, you can read all the books in the world. You can, you can do all the courses. And of course, courses are with the teacher already in this relationship. But mm. really being in a one-on-one -on -one coaching program where you have this personal relationship and you experience how it is to actually coach someone through a process. Yeah. That was the most transformational for me. Mm -hmm. um, so from that moment on, really, it was my, my desire to learn as much as possible, you know, from you and then from Paul and then other teachers. I, I started traveling back then and went on this huge travel journey, which actually just, just a few months ago ended. Oh, just wow. maybe half, half a year ago, we, okay. we decided, okay, now we become stables because after five years, we didn't have an apartment. Five years of constant travel, yeah. being in California for three times, uh, three times three months to just live with my teachers, you know, and be with uh, with Roseanne Grace, um, with Patricia, with, yeah, Patricia Gazapento, and with Jeff Bryan, and also visiting visiting Paul, of course, mm. being with all these amazing humans, and I just realized, and still to this day, I am, you know, it's it's this. Um, if you if if you want to be of service as a teacher, as the role of a teacher. Mm. then I think being a student is the most powerful tool you have mm. for sure. And I think forever, it's like the Dalai Lama still has his teachers. Yeah. Uh, and, and I love it because his personal relationship itself, first of all, keeps you in check of not, not be becoming this overblown, you know, um, leader that mm. thinks he's the best in the world. And at the same time, you're learning faster than any other way, any other possible way, because there's this direct transmission mm. of energy. Mm. far beyond knowledge far beyond beyond words when when you have this relationship you know that mm. I, I can still feel it with you you know you're still my teacher for me and just being with you there's this energetic transmission of mm. um of wisdom it's not 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 just knowledge you know it's applied wisdom mm. that mm. the teacher gives you mm. yeah I so that's really, really yeah i think that's really important like you said because like you said it's um you're compressing 
information faster. Yes. By being in a in a container environment and container. Um, so now, kind of share a little bit more about what you kind of, you know, just overview kind of what was the kind of experience of being in with Patricia and Roseanne like what was not you know don't share you know everything just like a few kind of points like what what was it like to kind of be around those people was it just witnessing how they lived and the insight from that and that's what made you grow versus the books because obviously we've kind of touched on it but some people listening will probably say well why can't I just read a book (laughs) so just share a bit about that yeah, I think it's the, um, the simplicity of it is when you read a book, the problem is whenever we take in something intellectual and we take in words uh, on, this, on this intellectual level, then we have to take it through our minds and then and bring it into our body. Yeah. While our body and our neuron, neurons are already embodied. embodied. So yeah. as the monkeys already, we had these mirror neurons that all, already from the beginning could just mirror what another person was uh, monkey was doing and embody it from the first moment on and i think if you are being with a person that's what i realized is yeah you can read about something like life can be simple you know don't get so stressed about all all small things something simple like that you know and you can read it and you try to do it but it's coming from the mind and you're trying to bring it into your experience it takes a long time yeah but then you're being with a person where you're driving and you have a flat tire you know boom and and the car crashes nearly and he's super chilled mm. and he's happy. You know, he just calls, you know, we're waiting in the car and get some nice food, you know, maybe get an Uber Eats to your, and, and suddenly the experience is so different from what it would have been with your parents, for example, where yeah. everybody was freaking out. And, and these experiences themselves are embodied. They're already yeah. real. They're not, not something I have to make real or create. And you just become part of them. And by being part of them, they become part of you. Yeah. Yeah, you just embody them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. To give you an, another example that kind of supports that as well for me is like if you if you go to Afghanistan in wartime and you've not been in a war, no matter how many books you read, you'll never be prepared for what it feels like to be in a war. And you'll go there, and the people that are there are just calm, and you're like. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> you just don't know what the reality is you've never experienced it and again you know there's something i always say you could read a thousand books on martial arts and you've never practiced martial arts guess what you're not a martial artist you have to experience it and so that's to your point it's like you have to go through the experience it supersedes everything and as we both know we're in an era of intellect and people worshiping knowledge and information as opposed to embodied experience. As we know, especially now with um, the explosion in plant medicines and breath work, people are now understanding that it's more about what you feel versus what you think, knowing that we're not human thinkers, we are human beings, sensory. Um, So like you said, the experience supersedes everything else. So just, um, what was it like kind of being like with Patricia, like out in the forest, what kind of things were you getting up to? Like what was like a, a normal day like for you? Yeah. Yeah. I think um, it was, it was very different from, uh, from the life I, I, I've known before in Germany, you could say, you know, in Germany, more or less a small city, here, but still this uh, normal Western life, you could say. And then I came to California, live with Patricia and, um, you know, you live in the mountains of California in this beautiful heart and you live this ceremonial, ritual lifestyle, really, where every day 
and everything you do, you know, that's where really I was in this community um, where we prayed before every meal together. And now um, we make music and work of plant medicines and all these different things, you know, um, that have been very powerful and, and just the magic, I would say. That's the biggest part, the magic that comes into uh, your reality when you're living in that world, the magic that's possible and the beauty of life that's possible. And I would say especially the depth of life that's possible. Because um, I think a lot of people can can relate listening to this. You know, our world has um, is suffering from what Ken Wilber calls flatland. Mm. We are living in this flatland where everything is just so boring and superficial. And I think people know that unconsciously. That's where they're craving, you know, all kinds of Netflix and porn and all, all kinds of stuff, you know, which is fun. It's nice. It's okay. But it's still... It, it can be very flat, you know, and you're craving food and everything is just on this material plane. But once you are with a community, that's what I experienced there, that is deep, you know, that truly is deep, that, that feels, that senses, that um, does this deeper work where everything is welcome, you know, every shadow is welcome, every emotion is welcome, um, where gratitude and, and mindfulness are just part of the normal day. Once that really, we really began to become my new normal, I realized, wow, this is living, you know, this is what we humans are designed to, to have and to be. And we're not designed to be these robots going from our job to home in front of the TV with a beer and pizza. And, and it's just fucking boring to live like this. Mm. And I, I get why people drink beer every evening. I get it because mm. it, it is boring. It's horrible. You yeah. don't want that. Mm. get something better but it's possible and that's what i realized that really it is possible to have this deeper experience in yeah. the mundane life in the normal mundane life mm. this deeper experience yeah i mean yes yeah, your point like um people have found ways to numb the senses because they don't want to ask as you said at the start the deeper questions so they'll they have now these acceptable addictions that society says are acceptable to do. Um, we have these unacceptable addictions such as alcoholism, but then we have the acceptable ones such as a someone who trains in the gym every single day because they don't want to go home and face their family. You know, like I remember when Paul Cech was talking about all these evolved yogis that go up into the mountains and meditate because they actually don't want to spend time with their family and actually be in a relationship. They're hiding. And so not all of them are like that, but, you know, a lot of them are doing that. And, you know, they have the most blissful experiences by themselves, but with somebody else, they have help. And so that's their escapism. And as you said, a lot of people that are just numb in their senses with stimulants such as shows or things, they're not, as you said, they're not living. They're just trying to get through the day to the next day. So they're surviving, not living. And that's not the world that we really are supposed to be living and we're not in that matrix mindset but most people don't know the way out so just let's talk about that for a moment what's the the way out i mean obviously you kind of touched on it it's about ceremony and practice and ritual so just kind of touching that for people how what's the way out for them to kind of find meaning in life in that sense yeah yeah i think the the first way out is really to activate the uh, the seeker archetype within oneself it's the, the spark that someone needs to start to say, okay, I actually need to realize that this is shit. It's like this, you know, the, the contemplation phase where actually realizing there is a problem. There is a problem with this normal way of living. And I think a lot of, a huge part of the world is not even there yet. They're not even realizing the problem. But if you're one of the person 
are one of the people that that realize, okay, there is a problem. I want to get out. I want some solution. Then I think think it's I think it's very important to not jump ahead and try to take the best best uh, shiny solution that is given to you because. Uh, we talked about this before, you know, social media is full of shiny, beautiful marketing strategies that seem like the solution. And that's very dangerous. And I think really being in this seeker um, archetype, you know, that, that, that is really exploring the world and this adventure that really finds out by experience what the solution is for himself. Because, yeah, I can tell you, yeah, the solution is meditating two hours a day mm-hmm. on this special secret mantra. And it might be true, you know, it might be true that there's a solution, but how do you know? You know, you need to try it out. Mm. But I think it's best to not just try out one thing, but actually go broad and really follow your soul, you know, follow that calling. The same way when I was, I was searching for a solution when I was depressed and in pain and wanted to somehow heal my knee and get back into fighting. I was searching for solutions. Mm. And I found hundreds of thousands of solutions, but none really really called on me and I, I always give this example you know when when um, as a man when there's a beautiful woman you know when when my wife is on on the bed and beautiful uh sexy clothes whatever you know i don't need freaking anyone to make marketing for, for that you know i yeah, just yeah, yeah. pop in there man it's calling me yeah and, yeah and i think it's the same thing with with uh, our soul it's it's calling there's this this magnetic pull and that's why we have to really open up is the first thing and really explore the world and then just be mindful enough and aware enough to actually feel this pull. and there honestly i think what i said before it's really hard to do this without teachers because the problem is once you open up on this journey and you try to find the solution um lots of shadow material will come up and will stop you you know what yeah. what if what if you're a Muslim, uh, a Muslim woman, you know, growing up in a Muslim household, but what's calling you is naked photography, you know, and, and photographing nudes and nature and amazing stuff. There is a values conflict that will bring up shadow material that will stop you from actually feeling the, the magnetic pull of what it is that you, that you actually want to be yeah. doing. Yeah. And it's very important to have teachers or people, community around you to support you in this process of finding out what it truly is that you want from life, you know, what it truly is that you are. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. Cause um, to add to that, like with um, similar to confirmation bias, you'll always find something that fulfills the belief that you have. And so because of that, you're always in your head. You can't actually just feel what the actual calling is to your point. So, um, and that's the pre-programming as we both know, you know, so many people have this conditional belief system that was set up in their first seven years of their life from societal, parental, and religious programs. And they, they have their biases based on the association they have to the beliefs that were given to them by somebody else that they didn't actually invest in at the start of their birth, believing it's true when it's actually been given to them as a program. And um, they will defend those programs to death without ever challenging if they are actually valid, such as somebody who is religious and actually hasn't challenged why they are in that religion. Their parents were, so they just follow it. And so because of that, that will create a mask or blockage to their ability to be able to perceive a different truth that may be physically calling them. And so they'll go through a crisis 
a crisis of self because their conscious mind knows that they should do this, but their programming is fighting against it. And so their shadow is winning the war. And then these people, as we both know, we work with people that are just in pain, physical, psychological, mental, emotional pain, because there's a conflict between those two points of view, the soul calling for something and the shadow calling for something else. And so just talking about that, let's talk about um, what you do when you're actually coaching people. You know, what's the transformation that you're trying to achieve with your clients? Yeah, so um, I think it, it uh, is a good start to just say my, my business name again is Prana Alchemy. So for me, um, the most important aspect is to look at at all the challenges, you know, when, whenever a person comes to work with me, they bring a certain amount of uh, packages, you could say, you know, or mm. these, I say gifts, really. It's gifts, you know, wrapped up in horrible looking problems, you know, but it's gifts. They're just wrapped up in these horrible looking problems. Mm. And I think it's my job to say, okay, you've been on this river of life so far and you've had all these gifts, you know, that you've, that you've gotten and taken with you wrapped up and i know you see those as problems and I, I get it and of course we want to feel them also feel the pain of them but then to really unwrap these pieces and see why do i actually um why am i actually in this position that i am why do i actually have this huge amount of packages you know full of pain why has life given me all of this because i think the the biggest challenge that at least my clients are facing a lot of times are they coming in with a lot of anger about God, you could say, you know, anger about why life has done this to them, you know, anger about the problems they're having. And for me, it's very important to, to get someone to the realization that life truly is perfect and life truly gives you everything you need, not necessarily in the way that our egos want, but life is literally the whole universe is there to support us and everything that happens is there to bring us forward into into the position where we truly express who our soul wants to be in this incarnation in this lifetime and it's really for me this unwrapping process this alchemy process of looking at specific problems or specific experiences to see um what kind of gift is in there and i give an example of myself i went with my knee injury and i wanted to become a fighter now my ego thought that it's my life's purpose to become an MMA fighter. Mm. Now, we had that before, the biasing perspectives and the, the shadow material. Why did I want that? Yeah, because I felt weak as a teenager, you know, and I felt alone and I thought I had to fight and this warrior archetype became very strong in an overdrive. But I had so many more parts that wanted to do something in this world, not just being an MMA fighter. Um, you know, I had many more expressions. So this injury and this depression which I could say, oh, this destroyed my life. You know, this this really brought me away from what I, from my purpose. No, it actually turned me towards my purpose. It actually helped me to realize that no, it's not just fighting that I want to do. I want to go into this this teacher direction. Mm -hmm. But I needed this process of first of acknowledging the pain. Of of course, it's shit. I lost all this. But what is the gift in there? What is the possibility? And opening myself up to. To, to, the, uh, to the possibility that there actually might be something beautiful in there. And to, to go just an inch deeper into that question, so what I do with my clients is really the, the deepest question we need to ask, I think, is what is the root of, of all these topics that we can talk about, of all these decisions, of all these 
aspects that we're trying to yield. I think the root is the Imago Dei or the, the idea of what we believe God is. And I don't mean God as the man as God. I mean, what is this life about? We could call it spirituality. We could, it doesn't matter the ultimate concern, but what is this about? What are we doing on this strange rock flying through a universe? And if we don't get into that, we, we have no chance, of, I think, uncovering all those deeper shadow aspects that guide us every day. Mm. So for me, diving into that deep question and exploring that together is really the, the, the ultimate starting point from where we can explore all kinds of topics like sex, you know, power, purpose, all these things. But the deepest root is really, what am I doing here? Because mm. if we don't answer that, then, then how can you decide what to do? Uh, if if you believe it's all about living the good life and, and being appreciated by your parents, if that's your ultimate concern and that's your Imago Dei, mm. then you'll live according to that. And it will be very, very hard to do anything that goes against your parents' values. And there's many aspects like this. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So just kind of changing gears now, because we, we touched on this at the start with regards to where we're at in the world and Coming through the last few years, we've seen that there's a lot of change in the world, that a lot of people are moving from different um, career paths into the coaching model. And some of it is authentic because they had enough time to really be self-reflective and realize that they were not on purpose and they've shifted into this calling. Some of it is because they notice that there's a, a gap in the market and... Um, they want to kind of jump in and do it and sometimes for the wrong reason. So for me, and we spoke about this, you know, before we started recording, um, I think we're both passionate about this point of view right now where um, so many people in the world, like, because I love Marvel, I'm going to quote Marvel right now. I remember when I was watching the first um, Avengers film and um, there's a scene where um, Loki, who's a god, who comes to Earth and he's just um, destroying a lot of the, um, the the people on the planet and the humans are scared and so he says to them bow down to me and they all bow down easily without a fight and then he says you were made to be ruled that's why you bend your knee so easily and that quote that really stands out for me because of what we're talking about right now so many people on this planet are just desired to be ruled and to be led to the point where Anyone that seems to have more knowledge in them is the teacher. And so for me, there's a lot of um, unauthentic expression now in the coaching industry, which, as we know, is just becoming incredibly saturated because of need. But a lot of these teachers that are coming in now that have this incredible amount of two years experience are leading many and for me, it's like, I remember Paul was talking about this on the podcast about a year ago um, where some of these influencers who haven't had enough life experience are influencing millions with a decision that they believe is right without having done their due justice and actually researched it. So in that sense, they are now affecting the lives of millions based on their viewpoint because they haven't even put in the work themselves. So getting to the question, just obviously to give that context, what are your thoughts on where we're at in the coaching and world with a lot of these inauthentic leaders that are guiding people without wisdom? Yeah. 
Um, yeah, so that's, first of all, thank you for asking that question because it's really been, this question has been the guiding pole for the last one and a half years of my life, uh, which have, have, have been very intense, I have to say. It's been a very intense journey for me because uh, the realization exactly of what you said in my own life, you know, looking at my own life back then, um, I was beginning to realize that the whole idea of, of trying to become a leader, of trying to become a spiritual teacher or life teacher is very dangerous. You know, it's very, it's not a wrong idea. It's not bad, but we have to be very, very, very careful. Uh, it's a very dangerous road because what we see nowadays, you know, it's, it's, it's become a market. Mm. And when something becomes a market, we can do marketing for it. Mm. But marketing in itself does not really include what the product tr truly is. You know, you can, you can have a lie as a market. And the problem with being a coach or a leader is that the product is you. Yeah, and I, I always, always had a huge aversion against marketing. I've never really done anything in marketing. Uh, not to say that that's good or promote that, but I always had this huge aversion. And I maybe one and a half years ago, I began to realize that it's because because of this dangerous game. The moment we begin to market ourselves, we try to project outwards a certain image of who we are and what we can do and the knowledge we have and so on but it might be very far away from, from reality. And I think social media is this, this very difficult platform where people can do that, where people can just, you know, post specific things, uh, maybe read some quotes online yeah, and yeah. post a quote, yeah. uh, this, this kind of thing. Cut and paste experts, full quote <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's um, the, the problem is that what we're dealing with when we're talking about health coaching, holistic health or life is, we're literally dealing with life. Yeah. We're literally yeah. dealing with lives of people. This is not a game. Yeah. And as you said, the influence, the, the moment we reach, especially via YouTube or podcast, whatever, we, we reach so many people, let's mm. say millions of people, and you are immature, you are literally influencing the, 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 the destiny of Earth yeah. in yeah. itself. Yeah. So, so this is not to be taken lightly. Yeah. And um, for me, this realization really hit, as I said, one and a half years ago. And I've Again, stepping back from, from any kind of trying to self-promote. And that's really what I'm still working on is finding this balance of, of really not self-promoting. What I want to do is I want to serve. And whenever that comes from a heart and they share something or do something that comes from heart, beautiful, then I can share that. But I do not want to self-promote because you, you can nearly be sure that there will be shadow material yeah. of aspects of your ego that want to be seen, that want to be appreciated, that want to be loved, because your mommy and daddy didn't give it to you. Yeah, of course they didn't. We're in mm. a Western culture; nobody's parents really did, you know. Mm. But um, so what happened is at the same time where this started to happen is I found two of my newest teachers, which are Daniel P. Brown and Dustin Deperna, and those two are the most amazing human beings. You know, it, it, they're so amazing, but they don't have any marketing. They don't even really have any websites. It's hard to find something about them, mm. you know, and, and they're just amazing and they have amazing students. But I always wondered in this time working with them, how do they even get all these students? You know, how does all this work? And honestly, the honest answer for me is this. If you are fucking amazing as a coach, you will have people coming to you for help because they can feel it. And mm. you don't need all kinds of special marketing. You don't need 5K a month for any ads on Facebook and all this shit. Because mm. 
you're authentically that person that people want and, and their soul is going to call for it and run for it. And um, I think that's, that's the, something we can be very, um, very aware of and careful of if we are searching, if we're on the seeking phase, we're searching for teachers on this. Just look at their sites. Are they self-promoting all the time? You know, is all they're doing really promoting their product without actually just being their product? It's again, it's just being yeah. versus doing. Yeah. You can be be your product, then you don't have to do anything about it. Yeah. You, you just are that person. You just, yeah, maybe that person is sharing their lives or are they talking constantly about how wonderful they are, how wonderful the stuff they're doing is. And I think that's a very, very interesting uh, thing to look into. Yeah, no, I love that. I love what you said. And it's true. It's like, um, it's like, like you said, you're you're playing with people's souls, and you're right. It's like you're you're affecting the destiny of the planet. I love that way you said that. It was really cool. I might steal that. <laughs> that was really cool. um, but it's so true. It's like the um, karmic law that's coming into these people that are influencing many people in a way that is shaping, as you said, the destiny of this planet is very real. I mean, when we look at someone like the Dalai Lama and how many followers he has versus the Kardashians and how much they have. It's just crazy. And it shows us the way that the world is in right now. And so you see people that, let's say they, they, they someone who hasn't done the research chooses um, markets a specific supplement that actually is not very good for you. And yet their followers will take it, not because their person who was influencing has done their due diligence, but because they like the music. <laughs> you're like even like voting i mean like i can't remember which which rapper but anyway some rapper said they liked biden as an example in the elections and what they were saying was because the her followers liked her music they voted for biden got yeah, nothing true. to do with politics literally because they like her music um and and that is dangerous like you said that's where we get into this dangerous point of view and another thing on it was for me is a lot of these leaders um, uh, almost like in a race against each other. How many followers can I get? And they push out so much material trying to conquer the market to the point where, and I'm seeing this a lot, where so many of them, these, these leaders and guys are burnt out, broken, and they have their own trauma. I mean, just today, I was um, had some information from a student of mine that, had been coached by somebody else. And she was just sharing that some of the times this coach was on the calls in misery their, their self. And I've seen it a lot. I've had a lot of people say that to me, that they've been coached by other coaches and those coaches are bringing their own trauma into the coaching. Um, like even Fran was saying, you know, um, one of her coaches went to get coached by a woman who lives in the wilderness and it was like one of the worst things possible because that coach could see that this other coach that she was supposed to be teaching was quite wise and dumped all her stuff on that coach. But we had coach A could pay for coach B to coach her and coach B was dumping their crap on coach A, who was the client. And that's not cool because they're not doing work. They're not putting in their time. And that's why like someone like Paul Check, who we both know and learned from, have learned from, is such a great example because as you said, you can see he embodies the state. He's healthy. He's, he's well. You're never going to see, I, I was saying this in one of my calls the other day, you're not going to see Paul 
um, on a poster meditating with lights coming out of his ass, you know, like a lot of these influencers are doing. It's just over the top marketing where they're, they're okay, take a picture of me. I'm going to meditate. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> fake. The, like spiritual selfies. Yes. To make people feel, oh, look at that woman. Look how spiritual she, and regal she looked. I want to be healed by her. And then when you have the coaching session, the person's got issues. It, uh, but it's a marketing ploy, like you said. It's like um, you know selfies. I remember someone was saying, most people, as we're aware of, you know, this thing called Facebook depression, where people wake up in the morning and they look at how many likes they get, and they decide on how you know their validation is for that day based on that. And so they see people that post selfies of themselves. And I remember someone said you don't know what that person was going through 10 seconds before or 10 seconds after that photoshopped, pristine, beautiful moment. People are just projecting happiness when we know that most people statistically are sad. We know that in the male population now, it's crazy, I can't remember the percentages. Um, I think it's 400% or something that suicides have gone up with men. So we know most people are incredibly depressed. Suicide rates are through the roof, as we said. But yet, there are so many more people posting selfies online. So they're being fake. And again, we accentuate that with these influencers that are being fake to the 10th degree, trying to get followers in. So this definitely needs to stop and we need to... Let's actually do explore this. Um, again, I'm just working off the fly right now. What do you think is the best way for people to be able to discern an authentic leader? Like when we're picking... You know, people want to be coached by. Yeah, yeah. I give the um, I give the guidelines that really helped me. That Dustin, Dan, you know, those those two teachers really got into me. So I think, especially once we hit the realm, you know, if you're if you have a nutrition coach or something, it's such a specific skill that it might not be that hard. You know, you look at certain certifications that that are um, I don't know, you know, respected. And you can look at these specific things, but the moment you enter trauma healing or you know, life coaching and mental emotional stuff or even spiritual stuff, you enter the realm of the guru, you could say, where things get a little bit more tricky. And one of the guidelines that, that uh, my teacher, Dan, always says, and are so, so, so important, to actually work with someone that is somehow part of some kind of lineage. So, for example, we right. are part of, regarding the holistic health, we are part of Paul's lineage. And that's what I loved about you. You know, even when we were coaching back then, you didn't, when you shared something, it was not all yours in a way. You mm. also shared many times, you shared, yeah, you know, Paul Check says this and this. Mm. You referenced your teachers. You actually, you, you never, I never saw you playing an ego game of, you know, this is all mine, you know, mm. this is all my knowledge and I hoard it. Mm. And look at Instagram, because you see that a lot, man. Look at social media. You see all these people that they have no teachers in me. Yeah. All this stuff, their insights. And so I think one of the very first and most powerful things we can do is to find a teacher that actually has a teacher themselves. They talk openly about it and they're actually grateful for their teacher. You know, and, and then that's one of the bigger parts. And then another one is um, simply with the, um, with the way that, that, People are, are acting in their marketing. Let's say we find a teacher on social media, you know. Um, it's not necessarily the bigger, the better, you know. It's not necessarily that the more followers they have, the better they are. In my experience, it might be the opposite, actually. Yeah. And, uh, it might really be the opposite. But in general, 
how are these people behaving? Are they sharing their being or are they sharing their doing? You know, are they trying to promote a certain thing, a certain way of living, a certain product, a certain whatever to, to get you into their, their philosophy? Or are they yeah. just sharing their being and what they want to do? So what is their intention? Yeah. And their intention, in my opinion, of a, of a really good teacher, of a really good coach, their intention should be to lead you to find your own expression of what happens. They don't want to sell their story. They don't want to sell their way of living with, with you, but they want to encourage you to, to find your own expression. And that's very different. We see a lot of these people on social media. They just want you to the same way they're doing. Uh, they promote all this stuff so you become their exact copy and the more copies they have, yeah, yeah, the more yeah. happy they are. Yeah. Oh, he's wearing the same kind of trousers <laughs> yeah. and you know, he's wearing the same kind of cap and same kind yeah. of spiritual blah, blah. Yeah. That's not the way to go. So, yeah, yeah I think these, these three things are, are yeah. kind of useful. You know? Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, just to, to your point about um, coaches, you know, I had a saying uh, a couple of years ago, good coaches need coaches great coaches have coaches mm. you know i love that i love that yeah so um so yeah so i'm, I'm so glad we, we spoke about that because that's definitely something that is happening in this space right now as, I say, as people are saying that the coaching industry is the next multi-billion dollar industry so we've got to be careful about that of people jumping into it because of money as opposed to guiding people and helping others um so let's talk about um, change gears and um, talk about growth, the growth that's happening in the world, especially amongst the younger generations. When normally, you know, we have this saying that life begins at 40. And that's a kind of biblical saying that goes back to this point where in, in the Bible and um, ancient texts, the wise people would be given specific um, adulation and um, roles at the age of 40 because they've had enough life insight and wisdom to share those truths back to others. Um, but nowadays we're seeing this acceleration in, in learning as we just kind of spoke about with you and getting mentored and guided where now we're seeing a lot of younger people um, coming into this work like 18, 20 year olds that are so switched on. Um, what do you think is driving that? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a, it's such an interesting time, probably for the first time in at least the history we know of, is that actually younger people are overriding or overtaking the older generation yeah. by development, which is very interesting because um, normally that's not the way it went. It's like you said, you know, the, all your, the, the older you were, yeah, the more life experience you had. Mm -hmm. In general, the more developed you were. But nowadays, and I think the main reason is internet. The main reason is the the open access to all kinds of knowledge and all kinds of, of things, really. Mm. Um, but the interesting thing that's happening is, is that the older generation, because they didn't grow up with the internet, they're yeah. not using it in the same way. You know, mm. they might go on Google and Google massage studio near me or something to get a massage, but they're <laughs> yeah, not yeah. Re researching, you know, yeah, on the, they're not on YouTube all day and following these people. Mm. They don't have a social life in the internet in general, yeah. like the young people do. So I think the main driver for sure is this worldwide connected web that mm. opens up the whole world, opens up so many perspectives. And when we talk about development, or growth, I think one of the, the baselines we always need to set is to actually define what it is. And one of the easy ways to define growth or development, at least in the cognitive line of development, is the ability to take more perspectives and hold them at once. 
So at first, as a, as a young child, we can just take our perspectives. This is my toy. No, I don't give it to you. Uh, you know, I want to have it. And I'm not able to, to share my perspective with even one person. This, this grows. So I think what the internet is doing is it's exposing us to so many perspectives outside of the box. And you, you can get any, any perspective, literally, uh, in the internet that you want to look at. And you can research it. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. There's flat earthers. And then there is, uh, you know, whatever. For, for every theory, there's a perspective. Mm. And there's people yeah. with pretty good arguments. Yeah, opposing so, views. Yeah, all the opposing views. So this exposure to trillions of, of perspectives, I think, just lets this, this growth explode and lets this whole movement explode and lets young people actually be so much further ahead already than, than many of the over 40 people uh, yeah. ever have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they're, they're, they're utilizing the tools that are expanding quicker than the people that were older yeah. because they weren't, they, it's not part of their consciousness. Um, and it's crazy, like a lot of older people, it's a belief system for them that they can't understand new technology. So because of that, yeah. they are just almost like wasting away, you know, like moving with the times. Okay, so kind of just finally fi finishing off with more about you getting you know, getting into your work so i know that you um, were doing retreats and stuff i'm not sure how if that's still happening obviously with the climate in the world um but where are you at with your own business now are you coaching people online are you doing retreats tell us a bit about all that sort of stuff yeah yeah so um lots of things are moving lots of things are happening so one thing i've always been doing since five years now so and or six years and uh, continue to do is the one-on-one -on -one coaching. That's of course one of my favorite things for sure. You know, uh, in general, I take people through at least a three-month process. Most people go longer, and I always recommend that. Mm -hmm. But at least a three-month process of weekly work. You know, this weekly coaching work, mm -hmm. um, and that's one of my favorite things. Where I take people through either the alchemy side and finding purpose in these aspects or more the development and purpose uh, um, and performance side, development performance side. So it's more in the direction of healing or more in the direction of growth and performance uh, in these, these two aspects. Um, then another thing that has been much more difficult is the retreats, but luckily world is opening up again. So one thing that's been my favorite as well is I, I did quite a few one-on-one uh, -on -one or one-on-two uh, with couples or business partners or something, um, uh, retreats in life in person. So for three to five days, you know, we meet up in Airbnb and that's one of the coolest experiences because that's what I, again, when we talked about being with Patricia, being with Jeff and Roseanne, uh, living with these people, that's what I can then share with people. You know, you just, we just live together. Mm. And of course we do coaching work, but it's honestly just having campfires with me in the evening and barbecuing and singing and having fun and of course, doing the deep work, but uh, you know, it's just living together experience that is yeah, so yeah. amazing for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't, as they say, with experience, you can't buy it. You just have to yes. live it. You know. So, yeah. and um, to your point, the greatest um, return on investment is self. It's always yeah. that way. So, Absolutely. yeah, I think that's powerful. So, anything else you kind of want to um, share with regards to um, how people can get in contact with you and um, you know your handles and. Um, and also share um, your missus as well, Miriam, like what yes. she's doing and stuff. So she share that stuff. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just egocentrically start with myself. <laughs> <laughs> I before we, that's what Paul says. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Um, so, yeah, everybody can find me, prana.alchemy on Instagram or prana-alchemy.com. 
it's my website. Uh, you're not just getting contact. Send me a private message or an email or whatever. It's I'm I'm easy there. You know, I'm not too complex. Um, I'm, I'm I'm human there. And uh, out of that, you know, everything can happen. Just get in contact. And I book free calls for for pretty much everyone that's really interested. Where I feel they're really interested in in some deeper engagement or deeper relationship, be it as coaching or whatever. Mm. Um, and then yeah, my my beautiful wife Miriam and I are. Uh, you know, planning lots of things together. For example, retreats, we're doing lots of that together. Um, we've spent a few weeks with a lady that had cancer, for example, and spent three weeks, I think, doing a retreat with her um, in person. So she's she's more the, you could say, the feminine side, beautiful feminine side of dancing, beautiful food, especially yeah, yeah. sweet, healthy food, you know, yeah, yeah. amazing, amazing gluten-free things, deodorants and, and candles and all these amazing things. Mm-hmm. Um, that really, uh, and I, I want to share that what Miriam is doing is what relates to our world. We appreciate the doing side, and I've been way too much on that for the last years as well. Mm-hmm. Enough hustling and and creating and growing and developing and meditating and doing all this. And um, Miriam is such a beautiful balance to me, and such a beautiful balance in my life, and teaching me so much yeah. as a teacher mm-hmm. because she's she is in the being. You know, she's not that interested in all the growth stuff that I'm interested in. But she's living the growth stuff by being it all yeah, 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 yeah. with simplicity. Yeah. Uh, and it's amazing. So uh, check her out. Uh, I think it should be Wild Heart Alchemy. Um, on wild. Say again, Wild. Wild dot heart alchemy. Wild heart alchemy. Uh, on Instagram. It's easy to find. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to have show notes, show notes. So we'll we'll just add those in the show notes. So I'll add the links for that for all of you guys listening. And you better click on those links. So yeah, Nico, been a pleasure. Hopefully we'll do this again quite soon. And um love it, man. Really great subjects to kind of share. So again, thanks again for your time. And yeah, we'll meet up again. Everybody else, stay healthy, happy whole, and hold me in health.